world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain, in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. So, show 427 Our reminds me... Of, show for yes, but 427 yeah. reminds me of a 427 big block motor, so, because I'm a... I'm 427 a Shelby Cobra, yes. very nice See, okay. you got Fords, you got Chevys, you have 427, is a great, great number. Two car mm-hmm. guys, that's So, great. we got a guy talking, be before hour. I introduced him, he just fought protocol, yes. but he's allowed to, yes, because when you listen to what knife. he... He does have a beautiful knife, but when you hear about what he does, his contributions to uh, advancing the Second Amendment in education, he's allowed to uh, speak before he was introduced. So it, without further ado, it's Ishmael Abbasi. Thank you for that privilege. You're, thank you. Well, it's, well, it's, 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 <laughs> it's the truth. We're going to be getting into it with him. He's on for the entire show. Uh, one thing about Ish is he's very vocal, very educated uh, in the Second Amendment community. <laughs> unlike us. Unlike me. <laughs> you can't say retard, so I'm retarded. Okay. And uh, what I want to talk about is we talk about all the time about each one reach one. And every time Ish comes in and I run into him in the hallway of the classroom, he's introducing me people of every size, shape, and color from... Uh, an unlimited amount of countries, and that's what we want to do to win this fight and change the narrative. So I think it's really cool. But before we get into that, <laughs> I got a couple of housekeeping things. So I did a rant yesterday. Governor Murphy went to his $7 million villa in Italy for two weeks. So I'm okay with everybody deserves a vacation. Right. But let's talk about why socialists, rich, repulsive socialists are such pigs. If if I was the governor of New Jersey, which I would never be, I can't run because I have morals and convictions, so I can't, that, I can't get into politics. Yeah, that gets in the way. immediately. If I was the governor of the great state of New Jersey, I would vacation in New Jersey for a couple of reasons. A, I would showcase our beautiful mountains. I would showcase our beautiful shore resorts like sure. Wildwood and Cape May. Right. B, it would save the taxpayers millions of dollars mm-hmm. in security and travel. Right. right? So... So he's in Italy. Again, he deserves a vacation. I don't think he deserves to go to Italy while you're doing your governorship for four years. Go after it's about sacrifice, right. right? Sure. So we have plane tickets, forward security detail, during security detail, et cetera, et cetera, state troopers. Who knows how many people are well, in his detail? Why does his putts need forward security in Italy? Well, they all do. They have to send people up to sweep for bombs and this and that. Bomb. It's just normal protocol. Who's bomb? The governor of the state of New Jersey. No one gives a shit. And no one in Italy even knows where New Jersey is. <laughs> Okay, he said that. But w- Just so, saying. So let's say this trip is going to cost the taxpayers, I'm going to be conservative, quarter of a million dollars. I'm probably very conservative. Oh, my God. Now, if you were truly a man of the people and wanted a fair in New Jersey, you'd write a check for full reimbursement, right? Sure. But that will never happen. Never. And so this just pinpoints how we have this tiered system. 
in our country. You know, I always say it's a three-tiered system where the political elites are first, then the criminals and illegals are second, and then on the bottom is we, the law-abiding, tax-paying citizens. Now, I got a few emails about the second tier because I said the illegals and the criminals, and people were like, oh, you're not for immigration. Au contraire. Here's how it works. Let me redefine this for everybody. We are all immigrants. But let me redefine this for somebody. If you come in the right way and you work and you pay taxes and you don't commit crimes, I love you. If you come in the wrong way and you're here already, forget about DACA and all this other bullshit. I've said this on the air before. Ish came here to escape Honduras. I'm making this up, by the way. He's going to tell us a story in a minute. He's been working off the books like an indentured servant, a.k.a. slave, for the past five years to support his family. My feeling is, if Ish could prove that he's had gainful employment, I don't care if it's legal or illegal gainful employment, off the books or whatever, he's not a criminal, and he's not sucking off the hind teat of our welfare system, I will sponsor him for citizenship. Right. Because I want him here. Right. Okay? If you came to this country to suck us dry, or you're a criminal and a felon, then I would give you a $10,000 check first-class ticket back to your country and Louis Vuitton luggage because that $50,000 bill would be far cheaper than carrying him for the next 45 years in this country, Absolutely. you know, causing mayhem sure. and hurting the taxpayers. So for the few ignorant emails I got, that's how it works. And when I say that statement, I don't care what color, what religion, what shape, what size, your sexual... If you escaped your country because you're a homosexual and they were going to kill you and you came here illegally, but it's five years later and you showed me that you have gainful employment, you're contributing to our society, then you belong, you belong here. Look, the fact is we okay. have a very broken immigration system. Yes, yes. And <clears throat> it's worse now than it ever has been because all you have to do is come across the southern border no matter who the hell you are, and you're presumed a Democrat, a potential Democrat voter. And unfortunately, there's a massive drain on our society. Anytime you have open borders in a country that gives things away, you're, it's a recipe for disaster. Correct. That is what brought Rome down. Correct. Correct. And, and, and again, we could get into that. Today's not an immigration show. I just wanted to talk about that. And I wanted to circle back that if a politician decides that he wants to go on vacation. It just shows you the, 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 the tiered system we have here. Fair New Jersey, fair New Jersey. Mm. Stay in the state. Again, the core, this is New Jersey. There's plenty, I've been to plenty of places beautiful in New place. Jersey to vacation and visit. If Stay here New with Jersey. your family. You had a, you made a commitment. You wanted to be the governor for four years? Well, then suck it up. You're not going to your house in Germany, your house in Italy, your house in the Caribbean or whatever. If you're going to go to your house in the Caribbean, it better be the U.S. Virgin Islands. Right. All right. Otherwise, do your job and focus. So I'm off that now. So I got Ishmael Abbasi, who I call Ish. Ish grew up in uh, the northeastern area of New Jersey. His father owns a restaurant that I haven't been there yet. I do not understand that. We'll make it happen. Yes. Married, two kids, another now. one on the way, a German shepherd, and three cats. He can roll with us all day. <laughs> and his favorite gun is 1911. So, so there it is. It kind I, of completes the entire Yeah. I, if, you know, we could be a couple in a non-sexual <laughs> way. If it wasn't for that one thing. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Not that there's anything wrong, there's anything with, wrong that. with that. If it wasn't for that one thing, I would be gay t today. <laughs> well, if I'm going to hook up with a guy, I want one that has a good pension and he's the same physical size as me. Same, I want to double my wardrobe. Right, absolutely double okay. the wardrobe. Ish, you don't and look like you're wearing a size 14 yeah. shoe, so no, you're I'm out. Not. Absolutely. <laughs> you're out. Every one of my friends who is who is gay... 
they have because they have no kids, right? They have like, and many of them do have the same wardrobe, and. Look at how much money they save. So now they're buying investment properties. Right? Nice. So you're married with kids, live in New Jersey, mm-hmm. pay exorbitant taxes, get very limited services. You're a complete gun guy. You're like 1911s. How long have you I been do. into firearms? Uh, as far as I can remember. So I, <sighs> I think maybe it started when I was about uh, seven or eight, year, eight years old. Uh, my father, my grandfather, uh, they came here in the 70s. My father came here when he was a young kid. And... Uh, we, my family, we tend to gravitate towards things that are cool, things that are nice. My father kind of lived and lived, continues to live the American dream. He liked nice cars. He liked guns. So uh, you were born a, here. I was born here. Your your father and your grandfather came here. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And uh, the eighties, they grew up. Uh, the movie uh, Mel Gibson came out. Um, uh, Lethal uh, Weapon. Yeah. Everybody liked Beretta. So my grandfather had a Beretta. My dad had a Beretta. That was the gun that I learned to shoot on. I learned how to take it apart at a young age, put it back together. I always knew where the firearm was. Um, And at a young age, I think the universal firearm rules of safety were kind of ingrained into me. And my grandfather and my father trusted me. Uh, I went overseas. Some of my family is in Amman, Jordan. I went hunting for the first time. So I've always loved firearms. I always had an appreciation for the Second Amendment growing up, uh, going to school. I always understood why it was so important um, for our society. But Growing up, you know, you, you saw so many of these tragedies unfold, and while I can say I was a Second Amendment guy, Second Amendment supporter, there was always that but. Well, you know, I support the Second Amendment, I believe in the Second Amendment, but there was always that but. <laughs> and as I got older and I started looking, looking at the research, it just was very clear to me that whatever restrictions you put on law-abiding citizens, whatever you, whatever, however which way you try to re- regulate the Second Amendment, it just doesn't work and ultimately ends up hurting individuals. Ends up. So uh, I started looking at the research. I went to William Patterson University. I studied sociology and criminal justice. I had some professors that were very, very liberal, which I think is the experience for a lot of people growing up in the Northeast, now maybe South as well. But I had some professors that were more conservative. So but how old are you? I am 30, 31 in October. So it's changed, though. It's, it's yeah. gotten more liberal. I, I, yeah. I would agree with you that it's, it's gotten much more liberal. And um, so some some of my professors were more conservative, and I started hearing that alternative perspective that you don't hear in the news, you don't hear in the in the media. And when you start looking at FBI uniform crime data and research from the Crime Research Prevention Center, it becomes clear that more guns equals less crime. And the more guns you have in the hands of law-abiding citizens means that people now have a fighting chance. So we're a country of 326 million people, and we experience... 36,000 gun deaths a year, maybe, you know, give or take. But what they don't tell you in the news is that two-thirds of those are suicides. And then an overwhelming amount is, you know, drug and gang violence in the inner city. Mass yep. shootings. Gang on gang. Gang on gang. Make Almost up a very 90% of that. Really. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so mass shootings make a very small percentage right. of gun fatalities in the but United States. But they make States. big news. And they make big news. And... What, what they don't tell you is that we're a country of 326 million people. You're comparing us to countries that aren't as densely populated as mm-hmm. we are, have a quarter of the population that we have, and nowhere near the amount of firearms that we have in circulation. So last I, I – you know, we always hear there are about 300, 320 million firearms in the hands of law-abiding citizens. But I, I've read that it might actually be closer to 500 million yeah. guns in the hands of law-abiding citizens because under Obama, people were, were so worried about restrictions on the Second Amendment and, what, and the things they'd be able to purchase – 
we bought like 100, 150 million firearms just in just in the, the years that Obama was was in office. Yes, correct. So we have so many guns. You can't compare us to, to other countries. We are very unique in that sense. Um, and I think it's 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 not genuine if you're having a conversation to compare us to, to other countries. I think uh, it's what makes us great. It's what makes us unique. And ultimately, it makes us safer, safer as a country and as individuals. So you have young kids in the house. Do you keep your guns just laying around on the coffee tables? Uh, I, I don't. I'm uh, I, I'm a responsible, law-abiding citizen. When you have kids in the house, you know you have to make sure that things aren't within reach. Um, but you know, again, some of the laws that they're trying to pass now, where they're mandating you have a storage device in your home. Well, God forbid somebody comes into the house. I'm not home. My wife is home alone. Was she going to have to go into the safe, get the firearm out, then load it, mm-hmm. and then she's ready to defend herself and protect our children? It's ludicrous. It's crazy. The government has no business telling us how we should live our lives and and the means by which we defend and protect our loved ones. Uh, and uh, how does that I make us safer as a as a community? Yeah. Now, yeah. The, now the stereotype of a gun owner. We talked about this before the show. Is you know. 50 to 60 year old fat old white guy with a big beard, summer teeth, camo or uh, flannel shirt on suspenders and a trucker hat that might say like kill them all and let God sort them or something like that. Which I've never seen by the way. (laughs) Well you have if you look at the New York Times, if you look at the New Yorker magazine. So now you break that stereotype because you're Muslim, Mm -hmm. right? So the Muslim faith, now we uh, we talk about this all the time because I'm 14 miles from New York. I get every size, shape and color here. I had... uh, (laughs) two guys shooting one day in a port and one had a free Palestine shirt on and two ports away were two Hasidic Jews shooting (laughs) and I was like oh shit trouble brewing (laughs) you know and these guys shot and they actually had some cross conversation Mm -hmm. and then walked out and they were joking yeah. Like afterwards, and because uh, they're gun people, because they, yeah, yeah, I think the affinity of, of of communication. I think a lot of it has to do is like we all have this common enemy. We're gonna yeah. put our swords down for a minute right. and fight this, and then and then just like anything else, the, the the fight will always come back because the the feudalism stuff that's been going on is gonna go has oh, been going on since the yeah. beginning of time. What uh, who was it? Jerry Seinfeld said if the world blew up and there was two am- amoebas left and one was Jewish and one was uh, Muslim, they'd fight each other. Yeah. It was I think it was Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. The Jerry Seinfeld. But it's it's no different than, than anywhere else. But we try to break the stereotype and one of the big reasons I wanted uh, Ishmael on the show was he brings a ton of people in to the range to shoot and he's got his shit down. He brings in good equipment. He spends a ton of time talking. He doesn't just bring three people in from different countries and throw them in the range and shoot. He's very thorough because I don't miss a trick. I might look stupid yeah. but I'm not that stupid. I watch everybody that comes in here and he just he's very thorough and spends a lot of time and makes sure they understand it. Then he does this whole after thing where he talks to them and hangs out, goes out of his way to introduce them to me and of course me I have to bust and joke or whatever. And if I, I wherever they're from I have to ask them if they're from a foreign country I have to ask them about the food there or what I should be eating or not. <laughs> Because yeah, right. it, it always goes Skip to that. I just I can't help most, it. Most important question. I can't help it. I want to know right. what's your dish. Right. What's exactly. going on yeah. over here? Sure. Should I be trying that? Yeah. Or should I be trying this? So you do a lot of that. So, so share I, share yeah. with us some yeah, of this because I, I know, love this part of our community that the uh, anti-gun media does not talk about. Right. So so I think I'll, I'll start off by saying that uh, I met you years ago. Actually, uh, I took a class with you when I worked for Garda. It was a pistol safety orientation class. Back in Belleville? Back in Belleville, yeah. I was fat. 
And uh, you're a big dude, man. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, it was such a great experience. It was a really good welcoming experience. And uh, ever since then, I decided that I just wanted to be more involved. I wanted to be more involved in the Second Amendment community. I wanted to learn more. And uh, since then, I've just started to take part in, you know, when we had the the legislative committee hearings uh, last year. I tried to make sure I went out to every legislative committee hearing. I voiced my opposition to the bills. And uh, when I introduce new shooters, I I think that's the way that we win this thing. I think that's the way that we win this debate is by bringing in minorities, bringing in new people. Uh, you say all the time, gun people are the best people, and I agree I, with that 100%. I, yes. You know, gun people are very welcoming. We want to teach people how to defend themselves, and we want to break the stereotypes, like you're saying, because media, it's a perpetual cycle of misinformation and disinformation, mm-hmm. and this agenda that they're trying to push is it's just 24 hours. So if you have people like me, if you have people like us that make people feel more welcoming, I think that's the only way that we're going to be able to to win this debate because we're up against we're 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 up against uh, so many people that are contributing millions and millions yeah, of dollars in these in the it's, it's a machine and the machine is about control. It's it's yeah. not about control of guns. We've said this so many times. It's about controlling us. Yeah, yeah, I I would agree with that statement. And I, I think freedom is beautiful, and I think it's very fickle as well. I believe mm-hmm. maybe in, in our lifetime or my kid's lifetime, yeah. things can change very yes. quickly. I was yes. looking at Vermont just uh, two years ago. We used to, we, I like going to Vermont. It's a beautiful state. And it's crazy how quickly things have changed. And Vermont used to be one of the freest states yes. in the country. You know, they, yes. Thankfully, they still have constitutional carry. But uh, they had, you know, uh, they they had no limits on magazine capacity, and then one year. Now I think it's a ten round or a fifteen round, ma- fifteen mm-hmm. round magazine capacity, and that's in a state yep. that has the lowest violent crime rate right. and the lowest murder rate. Doesn't matter in the country, but they're they're there. They're in Vermont and they're pushing these these laws. And something sure. that we say is, you know, what happens in New Jersey doesn't stay in New Jersey. Right. And this wave of whatever you want to call it, socialism, fascism. It's spreading yes. across the country now, so we're we're enjoying these freedoms now, but they're under assault. And it's not just the Second Amendment; it's the First Amendment yes. as well. Right? Uh, yeah, I don't like uh, something, so we should ban it. Right. I personally don't like something; we should ban it. It's right. we're back to book burning. Yeah, and the founding fathers yes. made it very clear they were worried about democracies. You know, they gave right. us a republic, and they right. said, "It's you have a republic if you can keep it." And they were worried about mob rules, and they yes. said, "If you ever allow." This republic to turn into a democracy ultimately it becomes a f- it becomes a fascist state. But since so. the 30s, all you have ever heard referred to from the left is our democracy, our democracy, right, our democracy, and that's what's taught in schools as yes. well. Is that we're, yep. we're yes. a democracy, that we're a democracy. And, yeah. and you know, Thomas Jefferson and Madison, they believed that we were to be governed by the wealth of the nation. What right. they referred to as the wealth of the nation was the educated. Yes. Educated elites, but educated nonetheless to help guide the country. Right. And fear has really overtaken our country, and it's skewed our sense of what's right and what's wrong, and and what's 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 what I what bothers me so much, and I think about it often, just more so now because I have kids and I'm married, is that we've been lied to. Our culture has been lied to, and we've been forced to accept, you know, two two things. One is that, and I, Dave Chappelle said this maybe a little bit better than I've said that I'm going to say this, but if you disagree with someone's lifestyle, you have to fear them or you have to hate them. And two, 
if you love someone, you have to agree with everything that they say and everything that they do, and that's just not true. Correct. You can have your convictions and the things that you believe in, and you can still be compassionate and loving yes. towards people Absolutely. and disagree with them, and we're losing that. The debate, yes. the debate on so many issues, not just gun rights, but so many issues has become so toxic in this country that we just need more people like us, we need more people like us to connect, to get together. And well, uh, well said. You thought he was going to be a flop. <laughs> Believe this has <laughs>
com. That's going on until the end of the year. There's petitions here. If you live anywhere in New Jersey, stop at Gun for Hire Woodland Park Range, sign the petition. If you go on HelpSaveNJ.com, you can see all of the different places across the state where you can go and sign them. Do not forget our buddy Bobby Ramo at Shooter's Gauntlet, ShootersGauntlet.com on Millstone Road in Monroe Town, PA. Still what a looking beautiful for a helicopter. place. He's still looking for a helicopter. You can shoot out to 1,500 yards. Ooh. Yeah, I don't do that too much math involved. <laughs> Supposedly they have an app, but I don't know anything about that. So <laughs> I'm, st- I'm, yeah, they have an app. You can. <laughs> That's great. The app works with the scope. Shit it hits it the reads, fan. Windage okay, elevation. <laughs> yeah, so. I'm. Uh, listen, I'm not good. Uh, we're going to be doing something with the uh, rifle maker extraordinaire Bobby Hart of Hart Rifles uh, pretty soon. This is the guy that builds rifles for uh, 3,600 yards. Ooh. Yeah, I don't wow. even know about that. I'm not. I'm good. So now I got Ishmael back. So let's let's talk about this. You brought a, t- a lot of people here. How many people that you brought here said they'd never do it again? None of them. None. They all loved it. They had a fantastic experience. Okay. Uh, it's a, it's a great place to be. You know, you're you're a great host. Uh, you 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 really care about what you do, and people feel that. And I felt that when I when I first met you. And it's a one of the reasons why I wanted to get more involved in the Second Amendment community. But they all have a really, really good time. They want to come back. My sister just flew in from California with her brother-in-law. I had them here last month. And I I'm going to have them here. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're trying to get their CCWs uh, uh, right in now. Cali? In Cali? In Cali. That, well, Northern they're, they're in Irvine. Yeah, in oh, Irvine, yeah. They, so they'll they, get it then. They can get it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm really happy. I'm really, it's crazy that they can get in California, but here in New Jersey, uh, yep. we can't. It's more dependent on the sheriffs and the counties in California. Yeah. Uh, so what I find is... Out of a hundred people, you'll find one who will like, yeah, it was fun, but I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't need to do it again. But Ishmael, what, what I always say, hear me saying on the radio show all the time, uh, because it's something we really love and it's a mm-hmm. right we don't want to lose. By changing the narrative, you know, like Sandy says, each one reach one. If you bring fifty people in here, even if they don't all go out and buy guns, join the NRA, and come to our rallies and stuff, even if we make them neutral to the cause, that's a win. Mm-hmm. If we show them how safe and responsible and friendly everybody is, mm-hmm. and you know, because they have a, they have this perception in their head of what a gun range, and you know, I always talk about it all the time. Like we're the, we're, I tell everybody we're the uh, melting pot of gun ranges. We're like a combination of the United Nations and Noah's Ark here. <laughs> like there's, a, and uh, it can't even be Noah's Ark really because it'd be two of everything, right? But right. but it would be more like the United Nations and. Uh, it's just wonderful, and so many people come in and they'll look around. And they're like, "Wow!" You can see the the stress leave their body, especially females yes, when they come yes, in, especially yes. minority females. They'll walk in and go, "Oh, okay, it's not a biker bar, you know? Right. It's not what I thought it was going to be." Yeah. But I've dealt with you witnessed uh, that right as we were walking into the studio. You saw the the couple who had a young child. Yes. How cool was that? I asked yeah. him how many push-ups he can do. He dropped to the Just ground. The kid was like four, I think. No, maybe he was less. Younger than three? that. Three? Yeah, maybe how, three. How two, cool, three. How cool was yeah, that? Yeah. Well, I bust and joke with everybody because I think that the adding a little levity breaks some of the stress. Because sure. you know, we 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 forget what it was like the first time right, we, yes, we walked do. into a yes. gun yeah. store. Gun, yes. And we're males. Yes. Imagine a woman. Right. Right. Okay. Now, now your your family's Middle Eastern, but. You're maybe you're you're not uh, stereotyped or discriminated upon more than an African American would be, or or Spanish or something. You know, I don't know. I, I treat everybody the same. I don't give a shit. If a draft came in, if their credit card was approved and they're respectful, they port six. But I, I really, I don't care. Watch your head. I want, yeah, watch your head. Huh? <laughs> but I don't really care. But but. 
people walk in, and I had an instance with that. I had some guys that they couldn't shoot on a Saturday night, uh, and I told them they'd come back anytime they want. And the one guy says, to me, "Oh, it's because we're black." And I'm like, "Oh, I'm no. like, really?" I'm like, "Did you look around the range tonight?" I'm like, "Did I pick you three out of the lineup because you were the blackest? How does this work? Yeah. Should I have a chart?" I said, "You are more than welcome to come back anytime you want, and you will be treated the same as everybody else." They left. I thought we were going to get a one-star review. We didn't. Came back the next day. I was in my office. I hear on the radio, Anthos, three guys are back from Brooklyn. I'm like, cool. If they check out, let them shoot. I forgot about it. Two hours later, I get a radio call. Those three guys want to talk to you. I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay. The, the skinny dude that said it was because we were black extended his hand and shook my hand. He says, I want to apologize for my actions last night. So I said, how old are you? He says, 23 years old. I said, well, I'm going to tell you something. As a 58-year-old guy, having an apology from a 23-year-old guy, I find that quite admirable. That's true. Because uh, my perception of the young kids today is, you know, they're all <laughs> wasted, you know. Right, right. We can't deal with them. So he goes, I'll tell you something. He goes, we came back like you told us, and everybody treated us really nice here. I said, I told you that last night. <laughs> right. I said, I really don't care. I said, how much did you guys spend today? He goes, $180. I said, I own this business. Did you think I wanted your $180 to walk out the door last night because of the color of your skin? <laughs> so he goes, he goes, well, we really had a good time and we'll be back. He goes, but I'll tell you, when we were driving here last night, we already had a chip on our shoulder, he said, mm -hmm. because we felt that we were going to be treated differently because we thought like gun ranges and the owners were racist. So oh where did he God. get that from? Yeah, exactly. Right. Where did he get that from? Right. Right. right? Well, I was in the parking lot wearing my Grand Wizard hood while I was smoking <laughs> my cigar when they... When that could have been, yeah, been a problem. That, that might yeah, have been, that that been, been what ticked them off, them off yeah, right? Been, yeah. So, like... Yeah, that burning cross yeah. and shit. You know, so, but, but I found it admirable. Now, since then, they've been back numerous times with more people nice. so those Bringing three more dollars. those three <laughs> probably turned into about 30 people right. and the skinny dude that shook my hand and apologized he introduces everybody he brings in to me and he tells them I'm super cool you know so what yeah. did I do here right, right. how many right. people is that going to mm -hmm. reach and to be yeah. honest ladies and gentlemen I didn't cover it but when they came in that night they smelled like weed Okay, yeah, which is, you know, yeah, well, uh, no, but I wanted to, they smelled, they smelled like weed. They said they <clears> smoked <throat> earlier in the day. I said, well, it doesn't matter. It smells on you and uh, it's unsafe for you, my staff and my other customers. I basically told them if you were smelling like vodka, which I've had, yep. if I, you couldn't right. shoot here, right. you couldn't shoot here either. And of course, you know, the, the first response from a lot of people is they turned it into a racial thing. Yeah. And I, I think that's just a normal thing today. And again, if their perception is that we are racist because we're, we own a gun range in a gun store and that's what we do they're going to defer to that but guess what i want him over i want his whole crew over yeah. and they all come back in and they bring their friends and their family and that's the way it should be but it's hard sometimes to break that narrative but so your 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 sister she's very beautiful you brought her in with your brother-in-law yep that was that the first time she ever shot no i've i'm also a member of the anjrcp yes. so I, I i've taken her a couple times and uh she's i i just I take my time whenever I'm teaching someone, so I focus on grip, and then I focus on sight alignment, and I try and make someone feel comfortable when they're shooting for the first time. So my sister shot a couple times before, she's a good shot, uh, and they had a really, really good time. So like I said, I'm bringing them back, and I'm hoping to bring them back at least twice before they go back to California. 
And um, man, the, I've, I brought so many people. And, I, and the I, group you had before that were from, I think, from Jordan. So that, those are my cousins from Jordan, uh, and they're living in Germany right now. They're going to school. In, no, actually, she, uh, one of my cousins is a nurse in Germany. But some of them never shot before, right? No. So so actually, uh, all, all three of them had never shot. Correct. I, I remember. And my, you and my one cousin did really really well. She had a great time. She was showing off her target to everybody, and that's what it's all about. She yeah. threatened me when she left. She said, "I'll be back." <laughs> she did. She did. She threatened. I, but I, that, that left an impression on me. He Introduced to, to me in the big classroom uh, that they were from Jordan, and I remember they, you said they never shot before. I don't remember it was the whole group, but when she, it's so different the body language. Like he's pretty cool, calm, and collected. He was talking to them in the big classroom. I come in, of course, I bust chops, make fun, whatever you know, because I like to add some levity. I leave. I look through the window a couple times. I see them shooting, but when she came out by the silver chairs in the back, the energy went from you know cautious three yeah. to holy shit yeah. you know yeah. number yeah. 10 yeah. and yeah. I see that see I'm blessed because I see that a hundred times mm-hmm. a week yeah, uh, right. at minimum you yeah. know I get to see the body yeah. language coming in and coming out and uh, it's just a wonderful thing so now how many people did she tell about that right, right? and then she's going to meet I don't know if she had a boyfriend she's going to meet a guy I'm into guns he's like oh shit <laughs> 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 right, right. by the way which is good yeah I have a cousin that lives in New Jersey he's a big gun nut <laughs> so you better behave yourself very true. Or he'll take you shooting. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, shooting. She, well, she lives in Germany, and you know, she was asking me, <coughs> how do I go about becoming a gun owner in Germany? Oh, and wow. I'm like, I don't think you can yeah. become a gun owner in Germany. <laughs> it's Germany. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. it's it's pretty strict. I think you have to belong to a club. You have to take safety. I'm not sure you can take the guns home. Portugal, you can't take your guns home. They have to stay locked at the yeah. club. Uh, you can use them for hunting and tournaments and stuff. Every country is different. Like India, you can own any gun you want under 32 caliber. Under 32 caliber. Yeah, because, you know, that makes okay. perfect yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Because you can't get, you can't die from anything under 32 no, caliber. No, but anything <laughs> over 32 caliber requires special permits and licensing. And then There in, you have in, it. You just answered your permits question. Permits and licensing. <laughs> and then in, in India, there's a ton of shooting clubs, especially rifle clubs. Mm-hmm. Remember, the Indians had. Uh, British rule for mm-hmm. a lot of right. lot, long time. So the, we have a lot of Indians come in yeah. to shoot, and I think it's because of like the the Sikh Indians are warriors, mm-hmm. right? We know that, mm-hmm. but I think that because of the British rule and dealing with the British, and that they're they're not uh, they don't cower around yeah. guns. You know, certain right. countries right. aren't as represented here as other countries. I had people from. My first, we're open here seven years. I walked up to them. They're definitely Middle Eastern, so you know me. I got to walk up to everybody because then I always got goes to food. They were Kurds. They were the first, and you know their wow. country's kind of wow. small, and they've been fighting. You know they're badass people. Yeah, they've been fighting for a long time, and uh, was the first time I ever we took a picture with them and hung out with them. Very but it was cool. yeah, it was like Very four cool. guys from Kurdistan. I'm like holy shit, and you know half of my staff doesn't read as much as I do. They were like, where's what are Kurds? I'm like, I'm like these people. They go from fighting a northern front, then the southern things front, things separate they move from yeah. the eastern way. Front, yeah. then they move over to a western front. And I don't choose sides. Anybody that wants to fight for their own sovereignty and stuff, I'm all with it. You know with the Get it done. As long as I still get my five meals a day, right. I'm out because I'm a spoiled fat pig American. But uh, well, let's talk about curds. Now I want cheese. Do you want cheese curd? I'm not a big cheese curd person. You could go. I just with, want with cheese. Go, I don't want the do cheese with, curds. Um, you can do that all you want. Yeah. But so isn't it? It's grat- So when you bring somebody new, what do mm-hmm. you start them with? Uh, usually a 22, which Perfect. is what I grew mm-hmm. up shooting a lot. Uh, I grew up shooting a Ruger 1022 Browning Buckmark. 
Uh, great trigger on the buck bark. Oh yeah, really mine's really nice to have like the little tricked out brown yeah. buckmark too. Nice little gold trigger, really nice. <laughs> yeah, the gold trigger, trigger. buckmarks are really nice. Yeah, yeah, it's it's sweet. so that's usually what I what I get them started on, and then you just kind of feel them out if they feel comfortable enough and they're ready. You want to just move them to a nine millimeter, you move them to the nine millimeter, and uh, and that's what I start off with. I start off with a with a twenty two. Focus on grip, sight alignment, and just make sure they have a good time. That's all I want. You're not an NRA instructor. I'm not. You should get it done. Maybe we run the classes maybe here. Yeah. You should get it done. It, what you should do at minimum is take basic instructor training and pistol instructor. You yeah. rifle, shotgun. You can do it all down the road if you want. But it, you can. You, it, it's not that you don't need it. Right. You don't need it. Uh, but it just adds a little more validity. You'll learn some yeah, more I th- techniques. Yeah, I thought about it a lot. So m- m- I, I think at, at some point in the near future, I, I might do that. I might Did you it. ever come to Tony Simon's second is for everyone? I events? try and come to every Tony, okay. uh, Tony I, Simon's I event. So okay. I didn't. I didn't know about the event until maybe. I don't know, two, three years ago, um, my friend Hisham, who you know, you were nice enough to have on the show, he told me you about remember the Hisham. He's a mm-hmm. lawyer now. Is he? Yeah, so he's in. Uh, he's in. H- is it Hackensack? Uh, I don't. Uh, I haven't, he, I haven't he was still in law school. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. Good. He 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 got engaged and Hisham wow. Hamed. Hamed. Hamed, yeah, Hamed, yeah, yeah, really, really, really nice guy. Libertarian. He's a, he runs the he runs like the Libertarian Party in New Jersey. Yeah, He's yeah. one of the big big shots. Yeah. So, so go ahead. So he introduced me to Tony Simon's Second Amendment diversity shoot, and I had a great time. So, <laughs> so Tony says, "Ish, you were like the first one to buy a ticket." That's right. And, and I love it. I love I love coming there. I love meeting the new people that come in. It's great to see more and more women coming to every yeah. single event. Yeah. And uh, Hisham is in Ridgefield. Oh, he's in Richard. He has his, his own law office. It's Hisham Hamed Law Offices. So oh, that's great. He yeah. does immigration. He does firearms and everything. He's young. He's getting into it. Yeah. A lot yeah. of energy. He uh, he always sends me um, emails on like stuff that we discuss on the show, mm-hmm. whether it's in negative, positive input, or uh, his own thing on it. And he always sends me articles and stuff to cover. We he's, should he's have him back. He's, Hisham, well, he, now that he's on the show, he'll, he'll be tuned into it because they're friends. Hisham get on the show so go, go ahead so go ahead yeah so uh we were talking about introducing new shooters and yes. and yeah over over the years see I, young brain remembers things yeah, no. <laughs> it's amazing i gotta google it uh over the years I, I i i think i've probably introduced 50 75 people that's it i'm i'm trying man <laughs> i gotta get those num. i gotta get those numbers up um but i i do what i can when i can uh, but but more important than that, I think people need to get involved in New Jersey. We need more people coming out to the protests. We need more people coming out to the to the committee hearings. Our politicians need to hear from us. And uh, I think the first legislative committee hearing we had a year ago, we had we had good showing there. Uh, you know, I, I thought maybe I'd be one of 30 or 40 people, but I think we had a couple hundred people that went to those committee hearings, and it was great to hear what everyone had to say. Even though uh, they don't listen the, to us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah right. Well, we listen to each other. Yeah. But but I I think for me the mag pan, the mag ban was the turning point. Mm. For me, I was like, God mm. damn, we are on a slippery slope yeah. right now. Red flag laws red start flag September. Laws, red September first. Yeah. That's going to be a nightmare. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think they already started implementing the red flag laws because there was a there was a, yeah. a, a yeah. Iraq War veteran um, was a father. And his kid just happened to mention something about school security, that there wasn't enough school security. And that comment made its way up to someone in the school, and state police showed up at this guy's house saying, you know, they wanted to take his guns away from him. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I, I know this is New Jersey. I know this is yeah. New Jersey, but this right. is still America. Right. It's still America. Yeah. 
and and then couple that coupled the red flag laws coupled with the mag ban you take us from a 15 round magazine magazine capacity to a, a 10 round magazine capacity it's just an arbitrary number yeah, right. seven or five is what's, next yeah what's so mm-hmm. I, I i read that the, there's already a bill to introduce a five round yes it's, it's been it's yeah. been in the assembly for about three years yeah every first of the year the new legislative session they yeah. assign a new bill number to it it just fred madden started it yeah. you know one gun a month fred madden right. that was him yeah and uh he used to be nra a rated and anyway but yeah the only thing we have keeping us together is sweeney and and mm. and what's his name hate each other but yeah it's a slippery slope but now you also so we we as gun people break the stereotype that we're racist, sexist, misogynist. So you uh, of the Islam faith, you also deal with the media because all of you Muslims are all radical and trying to blow things up all the time because that's your calling in life. That's what the media tells me all the time. So unfortunate. So now so you so you have another stereotype you have to break too because people discriminate you on you because of your religion by default, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm. I'm talking in general, you people, so right. to speak, in the non, yeah. you know, use you, you, you guys I'm saying, but because people, because of the media and because of the radical factions, because right. there's no other radical factions in any other religion, right? We all know that. No, that was right. uh, sarcastic, by yeah. the way. So you have something else that you have to fight. Yeah, so as a as a libertarian, I think I, so I'm, I definitely identify as libertarian, but I hold conservative values. And being conservative and being being a libertarian, I often find myself and many other Muslims as well uh, that are friends of mine. W- we're kind of in between a, a rock and a hard place where we identify with conservative and libertarian values, um, but it, it seems like we have more allies on the on the left, and we don't agree with their politics. You know, there 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 are there are politicians. That where we don't agree with their with their politics, and we identify more with libertarian conservative values, so we just feel like it's a constant struggle. It's a, it's a constant battle. You know, who do we vote for? Who do we support? We're gonna pick this up when we come back. For many people walking into a range the first time, it's quite intimidating. So when you walk in through the double doors, the first thing you'll see on your left is a concierge. When people walk in, they can take a tour of the range, or maybe they're coming in for an appointment with one of my instructors or me, and they'll be directed to the right classroom. It kind of softens the entire experience. It makes people feel more at home. As you walk further into the range, you're going to notice we have New Jersey's only indoor 50-yard range, which is heated and air-conditioned. The dividers at each port are bulletproof. They're extra wide ports so two people can stand side by side and shoot. There's lights in the ports so you're well lit. We also have three times as much light down range that the average range would have because I believe it's important that the targets are well lit. Our target retrieval system is all digital. You program how many feet you want to send it out and it stays there. Both of our ranges are tactically baffled which means when we run our higher level courses, you can move forward to the firing line and shoot in any direction and bullets can't escape. When you come out of the 50 yard range, to your left you'll see our large classroom and go back up to the concierge and make a right, we have two smaller classrooms. And those classrooms are for small one-on-one classes, our Build-A-Bear, building an AR. As you enter through there, you'll see that we have a uh, portal with a key to go into our platinum lounge. 
they can sit around and watch TV on the leather uh, chairs or couches, and they can maybe work deals with their uh, clients. And you normally don't see a cafe in an indoor range. In New Jersey, we have this archaic law where you're only supposed to go from your house to the range, range to the house with no unnecessary deviations. I'm seeing a lot more families coming in now where they have multiple kids and the wife will stay in the cafe with one or two kids and they'll do a handoff. To me, it's very important that people are treated like family, so the bathrooms are very high-end. We use marble and corian and really nice tile and full-length dividers so that people are comfortable when they come in. When you exit the bathroom, you'll see the Gun For Hire radio studio where Sandy and I tape our show. After you pass that and you make a left, you'll notice our retail area. Over 120 firearms for rent. As you turn 180 degrees, you see the large sections of bulletproof glass. That's our 25-yard range. And inside our 25-yard range, we have 13 ports. Those ports are even wider than the 50-yard range. Both ranges have full-time range safety officers. In case you have any questions or concerns, they're there to help you. With the news, events, and political shenanigans impacting your freedom, you're listening to Gun For Hire Radio, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. All right, more housekeeping, more housekeeping, more housekeeping. Then we're going to get back to this. Uh, the GoFundMe page for the Cheeseman Gillard case is GoFundMe.com forward slash restore dash carry dash NJ. Donate a couple of bucks, $5, $10 or whatever, because these guys are self-funded a case. David Jensen is spearheading it. J Factor is backing it up. So the Cheeseman Gillard case is important. The Supreme Court, as of right now, is holding two cases. They're holding the Rogers case from New Jersey, the Gould case from Massachusetts. <clears throat> we don't know what's going on while they're holding them, but Dan Schmutter, Jensen, Knappen, Bach, NRA Legal say it's good. New York State is still filing motions because they're trying to get the Supreme Court to moot their case that you can't transport guns out. <laughs> they put another last-ditch effort, and the law officers of uh, Paul D. Clement from Washington, D.C., from Kirkland and Ellis, which is NRA uh, uh, counsel as well, New York State Rifle and Pistol, he whacked their uh, PP really hard, the uh, New York State uh, Cyrus Vance, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, saying sorry, but you know you lost your shot. What's going to prevent them if the Supreme Court moots the case? New York six months from now flips the law back to the way it was. It's going to take six years to go through the court system again. Right. Right. So since the Supreme Court granted its cert already, there's a good chance this is going to get heard. Ninety-nine percent chance it's going to get heard in October. Our legal eagles think our Gould case and our Rogers case are being held because of this case. We have three more concealed carry cases that are headed to the Supreme Court, all right? So I, there might be five right-to-carry cases. Now, I've also heard people say, where is the 10-round mag case in New Jersey? What is the NRA doing? Scott Bach, ANGRPC, NRA are proceeding next to the Third Circuit, which flipped, by the way. Trump, one of the biggest things ever for Trump is these judicial appointments, 143 right now, 35 more than Obama at this period in his presidency. So, one more appointment, he flips the Ninth Circuit, too. But the Third Circuit, Bach, ANGRPC, NRA, is working on our 10-round mag case. But the California 10-round mag case is three steps ahead of us. 
and we are working with the NRA. New Jersey is also helping. We'll, we'll be filing amicus briefs and everything on that. We're trying to get the California case to the Supreme Court for the spring. If we get that case into the spring, the Jersey case won't matter. Right. Okay, but what if? But if the Supremes don't take the Cali case, the Jersey case, and I think there's one more case behind that. So don't freak out. We're doing it. Another thing Trump did on July 18th, he unsigned the United Nations Small Arms Trade Treaty. Oh, wow. By the way, uh, you didn't hear it on any of <laughs> no, the mainstream no, media. No, didn't. Uh, where this was going to affect handgun ownership, what we could buy, what we could own, what we could purchase under the guise of One World United mm-hmm. Nations. He unsigned it July 18th. So, again, I have some shortcomings, but keep the judicial appointments up. Keep uh, calling the swamp out, and we are going to see major changes in this country. So, so we, t- we talk about this, uh, Ish, getting back to it. But you are ready. Uh, like the media portrays uh, African-American people as criminals, in so, especially movies and stuff, right? Because criminals don't, aren't white and they don't wear suits and ties, you know, yeah, right? We all, yeah, we all know right. that. It's only, yeah. it's only a black guy in a hoodie. Right, yeah, it was steals a hundred dollars. The yeah. other one steals a hundred million. Yeah, which is which is which is BS. But so the problem we have is because of radical faction of Islam, uh, for the high profile bombings or whatever that took place, you must feel heat sometimes. Do you ever do you ever feel like people look at you different or uh, your family different? Your your so since your parents came over here and your grandparents. Yeah, yeah. My my dad experienced some stuff after nine eleven. And um, my dad is someone that came to this country very, very young, loves this, like everybody else, loves this country. He's a business owner, raised his family. Country, pays, yeah, absolutely. <coughs> uh, but more so, I, I worry about like a lot of the women in our family who do wear the hijab. You know, there have been a lot of stories where women are out on the street, somebody goes up to them, pulls their, their scarf off of their head. <sighs> um, we've had situations where women leave the mosques and women are, are beat up. Uh, and as in, I, I in, think in New Jersey in town, uh, all, no, this is stuff that happened. Oh. I I don't know if we've had something like that happen in New Jersey, but we we've heard a lot of stories about this okay. happening across the country. Um, my wife and and her friends have experienced some stuff. You know, thankfully nothing, no assault or anything like that. But but we've had mosques that are that have been burned. Uh, and and for me the frustration is that as, as a gun owner, seeing how much misinformation there is when it comes to the conversation around guns. There's so much misinformation regarding, you know, my religion, what we believe, so many aspects of the religion, and uh, so it parallels guns and gun ownership. Yeah, huh? so yeah, you, absolutely. You're dealing with two of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you happen to be a Muslim that owns guns, so yeah, you're gonna get hit from different sides. Yeah, and, and over the years, as as I've gotten older, um, I just tend to get along with conservatives and libertarians more so than people people that are that are more liberal. And uh, I hear a lot of stuff from my conservative friends ab- about Islam, and they believe it to be true. They they they'd say it as if they knew 100% that that it was true, and it just stuff that isn't true. And it's because in the same way, you know, there's an agenda for gun control, and people hear the same things over and over again in the media. People hear the same things over and over again about mm. about Islam and what Muslims believe, and you know, you, one, you, one do of the you things. Do you feel comfortable saying what those things are? Uh, so, some so I, I guess people people like to take quotes and cherry pick quotes out of the Quran, for example. Now I have to say I'm not a scholar. Um, I I'm just a Muslim who believes that my religion grounds me, makes me a better person, makes me a better American, a better father, a better husband. Um, I, I think if you are a peaceful person, 
you are going to be a peaceful Muslim. And if you are a violent person, you're, the way you've grown up, whatever you've experienced, if you're a Christian or if you're a Jew, if you're a peaceful person, you're going to be a peaceful Christian, a peaceful Muslim, mm -hmm. peaceful Jew. If you're a violent person, if you've had experiences that have been traumatic or you hold, you know, views that... Uh, views that are violent, you are going to be a violent person. It's or a propagandistic fight. Right, right, absolutely. Um, so that, you know, there, there, there are just the uh, verses of the Quran that people people tend to say and, and cherry pick, but they don't understand that these are verses that were uh, revealed to our prophet, uh, and they were only meant for that time. It has nothing to do with what's going on now. You know, as Muslims, we, you know, it, the Quran doesn't say we have to kill, you know, people that are not of the the Muslim faith. Well, you'll or find that I think in every religion, ish, yeah. where, where, where you'll have people who will, you'll have Christians who, who, you know, I, I call them, you know, like, uh, you know, a minute, you know, minute phrase Christians, where they'll come out and quote a particular line of scripture, right? You know, but the line will start with but such and such well yeah, <laughs> okay so what was before that yeah and they don't even know but they're going to and they use it for their to prove their whatever point that they want right. to make so that becomes the authority yeah so yeah. i i got to i got to say something like i talked about rob rhino who's uh, gay and when he got be owned a, when he bought a gun he said he he didn't get any crap from the gun community about being gay but he got a lot of crap from the gay community about owning a gun is there a lot of people in the muslim community that don't agree with you owning a gun do you hear that so i i do hear that um but then there are a lot of muslims that are gun owners as well and i i think it's it's not so much about the re religion i think m the problem more so than anything else is our public education system yeah. We've just mm -hmm. we've just been. I, I don't. It's hmm. not about who who you are, or where you came from, or what religion you follow. People now are just leaning more towards the left because of in, indoctrination in sure. our in our public schools it's, it's and the media, and, almost one hundred percent television, twenty four hour twenty four hour spiel of propaganda. And it, yeah. and again, it is this is not by accident. This is by design. You know, CNN when Ted Turner and I and and. You know, I I knew Ted Turner when Ted Turner started CNN, and when CNN started, even though Turner's an extreme liberal, it was a news organization. Now it's all about just you know it's clickbait, but they think they're playing to a particular group, mm -hmm. same as Fox thinks yeah. they're playing to a particular group, and and it's it's they're basically cut from the same from the yeah. you know from the same piece of smelly cheese. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And again, it's what makes the whole debate more and more toxic. Yes, and, because... And it hurts us as yes, a country. Yes. So I, I think part of the reasons why I, I wanted to come onto the show and I want to do things like this... Do it now. ...is because I, I want to be a, a voice for, for peace and I want to leave this place better than I came yes, into it. You know, right. we have families, we have kids. I, I worry. Think I most worry of us do, yeah. right? I, I think... But the extremes are played because what... What the major, what most of us think, believe, desire, doesn't lead. Mm -hmm. You know, in in journalism, they have a phrase: if it bleeds, it leads, right? So yeah. it doesn't get the. No matter how m how much we want the good news stories to be out there, they don't sell, which yeah. is strange. Unless it involves animals. <laughs> yeah. 
right? right? Yeah, then Puppy, YouTube is all. Uh, old. They had to get all these equipment to get this dog out of a sewer right. or something like right. that. People, we will watch or, that for twelve or, or hours. Or a baby elephant stuck in a yeah. you know thing, and <laughs> yeah. they, they get the back hose and everything else. But or, but but you are doing yeoman's work by doing what by yes, owning firearms exactly, and introducing right, people. Right. Uh, and coming on the show is what we all need because again you know it's a big tent and we have to Mm -hmm. all work together we can't keep and the media and the government would have nothing more than us all keeping breaking down into smaller and smaller tribes while we're infighting each other they're robbing and raping and pillaging and doing because we're not focusing on the real issues here and and that's what we need to focus on and there's so much information out there it's like you say it's impossible to to fight it, it's yeah. like emptying the ocean with a teaspoon. Right, exactly. Yeah, right. the the, the country has just become so polarized, and and I'm sure in the past, you know, we had the civil war and we've overcome it, but the the country and now again, it happened in the 30s. This thing yeah. happens, you know, we followed it, we've talked about it over and over again. It's, you know, the, the, there's a lot of this entire body of work that has studied this, and it happens literally every 80 years, mm-hmm. and we're reliving the 30s. And what followed, the only thing that broke the 30s was a world war. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that doesn't happen. But it, it always, cha- and you can tra- chase this back to, back to you know, yeah. thousands of years ago. But it, as, as, a, as a libertarian, my, my worry is, is, you know, like you said, Anthony, is that we're, we're being distracted from the things that Absolutely. really matter. Dude, we I'm have, with you. Right? We have so many other problems yes. in this country right, right now. Right. And they, they, they do want us divided. We are right. focusing on things right. we shouldn't be focusing on. There are so many other things that we do need to prioritize. And, and for me, you know, I'm worried about the economy. So many people are, are worried about the economy. You know, I'm, I'm worried about the Federal Reserve and what the Federal Reserve is going right. to do. And I'm worried about the stock market. And they don't and want you to look, yes. and, and they want to distract you from what yep. the real issues are. So they're moving. It's like the guy, remember when we were kids, yeah, the guy at, uh, on Times Square who had to pee, you know, and everybody throw the money in the, oh, where's, you know, where's the pee? For, you know, is it under this thing or under this thing? That's exactly what they're doing. They don't yeah. want you to, to... To really see what they're doing, they don't want you to see the other. Yeah, and and I think when Trump was running, I there, there were things that I liked about Trump. There were things that I really didn't like about Trump. But one thing that I did admire was that he was speaking out against you know the kind of economic policy that's really been hurting the country for a very very long time. And 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 for me, when it comes down to it, I, I go back. I'll go back to the founding fathers. They warned about central banks. They warned about. Absolutely. They warned. They said you know they said central banks are here more than standing armies. So, yes. So, yes. So, so, for me, I just think about the economy. No. It's, everything just keeps going up, man. Right. Ugh, it never ends. Are we done? Yes, we are. Bro, let me tell you something. Ishmael Abbasi, he's going to come back on the show. He's bringing his three-year-old daughter next time. She's going to sit in and hang with us, but she is our future. Ishmael, by the way, we have NRA instructor courses coming up. Make sure you email Jimmy at Gun for Hire. They're in September. You need VIT and pistol, September 6th and September 14th. We've got a ton of urban classes, September 15th at Tienza Pen and Knife. You want to check that out. Uh, next week, we'll either be taping from down the shore or up here in New Jersey. 
listen, each one reach one. This guy over here, I wanted him on the show from many perspectives, but he's always bringing people in safe and responsible. Let's continue to change that narrative. We have a huge enemy. People want to take our guns away. We don't give a shit who your sec, what your sexual per- persuasion is. I was going to say sexual perversion. We don't care what your sexual persuasion is, your religion, your economical status, economical status, your economic status. Boy, I gotta go. I'm I'm hurting here. I think that Tourette's is kicking back in. I gotta take my medicine. No, I don't. Yes, I do. Thank you again, Ish. God bless and be safe, you and your beautiful family. Well, it looks like you've done it again. You've wasted yet another good, Thank you for perfectly me. good hour listening to Gunfire Radio. Gunfire Radio is a Counterthink Media production. The music is in this broadcast is published by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. On behalf of our show host, Master Trainer Anthony Calandro, and the rest of the crew here at Gunfire Radio, we do thank you so much for listening. We love you guys. See you next week.